This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning, everybody. It's uh, Sunday, and uh, the Bills are playing the the Philadelphia Eagles in a big matchup today. But we're going to talk about uh, the hockey game last night. Wally, you're in Montreal right now. What was your feelings on the game last night? Oh, Naz, you started off. Uh, <laughs> I, got, uh, I got Louis and Butch coming yeah, right in now, so just hang on. They'll be in a couple okay. of minutes. Uh, anyways, the game last night, uh, I was I was at the Bell Center, and uh, oh, to be honest with you, Naz, I'm sure you watched the game. It wasn't uh, wasn't the Leafs' greatest performance, so uh, that didn't uh, they didn't uh, they didn't press very well. They didn't come up uh, first period. They were brutal. At uh, one point in time, I looked up and they were being outshot 18 to 4, 19 to 4, whatever it was. Like they didn't come out, didn't seem prepared to start the game. Uh, usual excuse about it being a back to back. But I think the most intelligent thing I heard last night, you know, Howie, when you walk into, uh, when you walk into the, uh, into the arena in Toronto and in Montreal, same thing. The, the ticket guys are on the outside. You got a pair, you know, the scalpers are out there trying to sell you a pair of tickets. I'm walking in proudly with my uh, number 14 Toronto Maple Leaf jersey, Dave Keon. Thought we we're going to have a great game, and uh, guy asked me, uh, "You want a pair?" You know, I got, I got a pair of tickets. He goes, "Well, good luck to the Leafs. Uh, unfortunately, you're two defensemen shy of uh, of a Stanley Cup." And I, you know, we started laughing. And uh, I don't know if they're two defensemen shy. If those two defensemen are Bobby Orr and Nicholas Lidstrom, maybe we can do it. But uh, you know, they just—it was—it was just not a great performance. Uh, we, we got Lou, we got Butch. We can analyze it. I'll turn it back to you, Nez. Let them to get involved, and uh, we can further discuss it. But it was—it uh, was a breakdowns all over the place last night. Uh, I'll give up my allotted time right now and turn it over to you guys and let you guys uh, take over. But did you watch the game last night? I watched night? the game last yeah. night, yeah. I mean, Your I, comments. Yeah, I enjoy watching the Leafs. I, last week I commented um, that, you know, it's it's a great evaluation period for them. Um, their number one guy, their captain is out, and the young guys have a chance to step up. And what we're going through right now is the young guys just don't understand how tough the National Hockey League is. And when you wear the Leafs jersey with the history, and a lot of times the other franchises, uh, it's their playoff game when the Leafs come to town, especially with um, all the attention they get in Canada around uh, the current team. So I just see it. You take this weekend, you take the uh, Columbus and the Boston. To me, it's just the grittiness that you need from a veteran team um, at the end of the day, they're going to need to acquire at least one really good defenseman, an organizer, um, that helps them keep the puck out of out of the offensive zone for the opponent. And it's hurting them. It's really hurting them. And uh, they, they have a lot of skill. But right now, it's uh, more skill than grit. And they need to have a little bit more grit and toughness. 
Does uh, the, the fact that they have nine new players hurt them in, in the beginning? It, 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 always, it always hurts in the beginning, but the issue at the end of the day is uh, we know for the last three years that in the defensive end, um, they haven't been at their best. And so, um, you know, Montreal's a team that everyone thought they got rid of their piece, pieces uh, three years ago, and right now they seem to be coming back. And forget what the records are. It's Montreal-Toronto. Uh, it's a historical grudge game. Uh, so, you know, at the end, at the end of the day, uh, you want to see team improvement, um, and you got to stop using the excuse where you know we know we have the right coach. The issue at the end of the day is that the players have to play the game, and then your coach will be better. But they're actually putting them in a position where no coach can save them. Uh, if they don't clean up their defense. Do, do the Leafs have the right coach? I believe they have the right coach. I believe that you know when they went into the talent pool that they basically drafted three guys that are great skill-wise offensively, but they don't have a great defenseman, and they need a great defenseman, not a mediocre defenseman. They need a great defenseman that provides some leadership and on his end of the ice. And that's really important. There are certain things that all teams need. And one of them always is you need a veteran on your defensive end. You know, in basketball, you want to get back and build your wall. But that wall's not worth anything if someone's not back there communicating. So you need a communicator on the defensive end so that the captain only has to do small parts. Right now, you're asking the captain to do 80% when he should be doing about 25%, the most, in 20, most important 25%. Now, they're, okay. call, they're, well, they're calling for Jake Gardner to come back now, I understand. Louis is not present, by the way, Wally. Yeah, I understand he's, uh, you know, Jake Gardner. Let's, let's not get it. You know what? He actually wouldn't look too bad on this defense right now. But I understand he's got some issues down in Carolina. I, I want to... I want to ask you, Butch, um, and, and you hit on it, that last last night's game is, you know, it's supposed to be a, you know, it's supposed to be a an important game. It's also, you know, you're in the Bell Center in Montreal, Toronto, original six, history of all the battles. Um, and you got, you know, you got five, six, seven thousand Toronto fans making as much noise as Montreal fans at the beginning of the game. And and that's pretty tough to do because the Bell Centers, if it's not the best place to watch a hockey game, it's, it's pretty close in terms of energy from a crowd. Uh, and the Leafs come out flat. I mean, it just, like, how did, from a coach's point of view, Butch, um, what happens to a dynamic or the chemistry of a team where, you know, you come in, you come into a game, everybody's watching it, it's a, Big game, you know. It's not. It's not playoff caliber. But the team just—they looked lost in the first twenty minutes. Well, I think explain that, Butch. Let me. Let me. My approach was when I when I took over the Raptors, we were we were next to last or third to last, and I made a chart out in the summer. And on that chart, there were, at that time there were twenty nine teams, and, and we hadn't beaten sixteen of them in the history of the franchise. We hadn't beaten sixteen of them. So I laid out what our records were and I start mailing it to the players in the summer because the issue at the end of the day is that um, you cannot assume that they carry the knowledge of a franchise that you do and so you have to you have to work on transferring that knowledge to them and what the aches and pains are Um, 
the historical part about what the Raptors did last year was that there's there was 23 years of aches and pains prior to that. And they understood what the, their immediate history was. The last five years, they'd really struggled in the playoffs. LeBron James had haunted them. And they were very poor in, you know, I think they got our message that you have to win the first and third quarter. So, but you can't assume when you bring, uh, especially Matthews, an American kid into Canada, that he understands that historical cloth of warriorism against in Montreal, what the Bell Center means. You know, historically, no, no different than none of the American players knew what it meant to play in Maple Leaf Garden to play a basketball game, right? So uh, you have to find a way to transfer it to them. I found that the best way to transfer to all my players is whatever goals I want, I transfer in the summer. I don't wait till they show up in training camp. I transfer them in the summer. I put it in front of them. I take the two or three best players at their position on specific teams, and I keep that player's stats in front of them. Um, because I always believe that if I can get them to give me the energy to be selfish enough to get in shape and give me the energy, then I, as a coach, I can work it out. But as you said, you're playing in one of the historical games of all hockey, one of the original six, and they go in and they're flat. And here's the bad part. Not only are they flat, if they were that flat, there was no one on that team to cuss somebody out. Like, what the hell are we doing? Right. So, well, uh, that's where uh, John Tavares comes in, and he's not playing, right? But it's hard. It's hard for a guy when he's not playing, right? Yeah. He's got to let the kids grow up, right? So, you know, those guys. Those guys. You know, they're more interested in wearing wearing mustaches and looking cute, right? <laughs> than going in the Bell Center. For, for, forget that it's Montreal, Toronto. It's just a great atmosphere to play hockey in. All right, and and they should be excited that 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 kind of atmosphere is provided for them. The, the, the amazing part, Butch, is, you know, they, they came out, you know, the, the the fans, the Leaf fans there were, I can't tell you how much energy we had when the game started. And by the two-minute mark, we were, it's like we were completely deflated. Um, and, you, and you mentioned the point about stepping up. I want to go there and then leadership. And we had the debate about who was going to be the captain at the beginning of the season. And Tavares is out. And earlier this week, Butch uh, and Nez, uh, Austin Matthews was uh, publicly quoted saying, we've got to do better. And he, he certainly pointed a little bit of the finger at himself. Um, you know, we, we, you know, as a team, we've got to, we've got to be better, but I'm seeing something disturbing about this team. And I, you know, and I really hate, you know, the guys I was at the game with last night and all the Leaf fans that were muttering as they walked out, everybody wants to fire Babcock, everybody's, you know, you know, everybody's got a solution for the problem. Um, but, you know, the guy making $8 million a year, we hope he's got the solution for it, and that's who we trust. Um, and, I, you know, I hate in October to, uh, you know, to start these discussions about, oh, we got to get rid of the coach and, and, and all this other stuff. But in terms of leadership, um, uh, Butch, you know, you need somebody to step up. Austin Matthews stepped up a little bit this week in terms of what he was quoted, but he didn't step up on the ice. We were looking at him last night, and I'm saying, and we're, you know, and, and the Leaf fans are muttering, and we're looking at the end. Uh, it's like they almost play without passion out there. There's, there didn't seem to be any pushback. Um, you know, it's not like Montreal's the most physical team. Um, just didn't didn't get a sense that the uh, 
you know, that they, I, I hate to use the word wanted hard enough. Um, that may be overly critical. But in a game like last night, they sure didn't seem like they wanted it hard hard enough. Butch, Naz, what your thoughts? Well, I think they played on the perimeter, and they've been playing on the perimeter all year long. They don't have anybody driving the net. Uh, it's very, very difficult. They're, they're, but you know what? Babcock, I wonder how much of it's media-generated getting rid of the coach. Butch, what do you think of that? You know, Toronto has the worst media in the world. So, I mean... And I say that, you know, uh, the fact that uh, you've got guys who just because just because you've been going to watch hockey games your whole life doesn't mean you know how to coach a hockey team. And the problem is not Babcock. The problem problem is a game like last night, uh, a game in Boston, at some point you should see where a young hockey player emerges as a star, as a professional hockey player. He grows up and shows you that he is a man playing amongst men. And if you take between the Boston um, energy and the, and what you saw in Montreal, it has it not happened. I, I just say that in my life experience, I've learned that with young players, you cannot wait until the fall when practice starts to put things in them that you want in them. It has to be absorbed during the summer when they have time to think about it and absorb it. Any any kind of absorption, especially now with with the Hockey Association, the Players Association, the NBA Players Association, they've limited the number of days you can touch your, touch your asset because they're saying, you know, they deserve the rest, they deserve the time off, and you're in this very short window. And so for me, you know, the only way to get ahead of the system is to try that absorption period and the message you want to get across and I spent time, <clears throat> for me, flying around and meeting with them individually to make sure that they got the message. I ain't talked to the agent. It was it was one-on-one, and there were numerous. But I just think it's impossible with, with the way the Players Association sets up the contact period of training camp with shorter training camp and with all the other social media the guys stuff the guys have that you're going to try to get them, especially in hockey. It is such a rigorous sport on you physically to skate and at some point uh it needs to happen soon that these guys understand that forget what i am as a skilled player i need to be able to play through these tough situations three games in five days back to backs um and i said before you know you can talk about you know a backup goalie all you want you really need to talk about the line that's in front of the backup goalie because you can't let him stand out as a man on on one aisle, an island i have to well, ask, like, I have to ask you a question, question but when uh, babcock went out and saw matthews in arizona he visited him did you ever do that with your players go and I, visit them i saw him twice a month wow i saw him twice a month see because <clears throat> I understood, all right, that there's every night in the NBA is a mountain you have to climb. It's got a different label, Knicks, Bulls, Lakers, but it's a mountain you have to climb. And young guys don't understand they're climbing a mountain every night. Young guys, the worst part about professional sports is your first three years in the league because your first three years in the league, you're coming in as a pup and you're playing against all these razor-sharp veterans that are playing for their life because they they know what the contract means to their family and they don't want you coming in showing them showing them up so you know 
as I said, my experience is from dealing with my brother, Chris, I start putting it in. Chris, I was running stadium steps at Indiana in college. Chris was running them in high school. All right. He saw me running those stadium steps. He saw me in practices at Indiana and I start putting it in him. And I just learned high school coach, you know, I say, give me two summers. All right. And when I get into the fall, all right, we're working on secondary things. We're working on the wrinkles, all the stuff we can add. But for any professional that where and you're in a sport where half your games are lost, you have some ties in hockey, that you're going to wait until this shortened training camp in this environment where they're, they have a personal computer in their hand dealing with a bunch of stuff all the time. And, and hockey and basketball aren't their main focus all the time. You've got to present to them earlier. And they have to know when you look at them or say something to them that you're saying it to them professionally, and it's never, ever personal. And so my way of getting around that was to show my leadership by, hey, I'm coming to see you. And here was my rule. We're going to meet, all right? And I don't care if you tell me we're meeting at 8 o'clock in the morning or 12 o'clock at night. All right. But what we're going to do is be respectful of each other because I have a family I want to get back home to. All right. I don't tell them, hey, we're going to meet at 10 o'clock. If you don't show up at 10 o'clock, I'm leaving. The reality of the end of the day is that you're the adult. You have the experience. They're the pup. You have to put that experience one way or another into the pup so that it absorbs it and the pup grows up and you get into your third, fourth year, that pup should grow maturely to understand that what he has to do every night is really hard. Well, let me ask you, Butch, uh, you know, there's a, there, we're getting to the point where it's getting frustrating. Uh, the couple of, couple of two, two years in a row, plus 100 point seasons, um, top five, top five teams in the league. Team came in this season. All the contract situations had all been settled. The level of uh, positivity about this team was unprecedented for the last twenty years. Uh, the, the the entire talk was, you know, we're move, we're taking the team to the next level. We've got to finish higher. Uh, we got to get the home game in the in the in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, the Leafs are on their way, and we get this kind of a start. Uh, if you're a coach. Number one, how long do you wait before you try to do something different? Um, and the corollary to that is, if you try and do something different, what do you do? Is it just about systems? Is it about a personnel? You, you've seen this team now over almost 15 games. Um, I don't think this team has advanced from the team last year or from the team from two years ago. They seem to have regressed. Well, what's going for whatever on? Reason. For what, when you hear the players talk, they talk about their opponents have made the adjustment to their style of play, right? So the the reality is that uh, if I'm the coach, I have a foundation of what I want to do in every game, and regardless of what season it is, um, I stay within that foundation. the The key is to be honest with you, getting the people upstairs in line with what you need to do for your foundation. If there's any disagreement there, then it doesn't work, all right? Today's, today they'll call it collaboration, but if the people upstairs aren't seeing the same thing, or they ought to be seeing more because they have a higher view from upstairs during the games, uh, it, it doesn't work. 
the the reality is that all good coaches they have a foundation of how the game has to be played. All right, uh, Babcock clearly has that. And what you do is you're always measuring what we call slippage. So we have a foundation of how we want to skate in practice, and that should carry over. And the difference between what you actually do in the game and what you want to do is your slippage. So you put in a corrective action against the slippage. The best coaches find a way to get a corrective action against the slippage, even if he has to trick them. All right. Um, I learned, you know, I grew up, you know, Lombardi, play for Bobby Knight. Like I'm not a, you know, it's my, my way or the highway. I understand that. There are different personalities raised different ways in different parts of the country. And I either have to have a really forward, but my forward approach is always in the summer. I'm always trying to transition knowledge in the summer so that when they come, they're locked in. And when they see something, that's not new. So the reality is, will management and Babcock be flexible enough that they agree on what the slippage is? And they agree on the corrective action to get it straightened out. And, you know, and that's as simple as I can put it. Can they correct it, though? Because I don't I don't think they can. The they, salary cap has put them in a position where they can't move. They can't get any players in or, in or out of the lineup. The issue at the end of the day is that the corrective action then has to come within their core players. But they have made a mistake. They've overspent on one of their young star players, all right? They're going to have to come to that reality and find a way. The biggest problem the Leafs have, no one's going to give them a good defensive player. That's the biggest problem they got because they're the Leafs. So that's unfortunate, but that's the hurdle that Kyle Dubas will have to overcome, that when he sits down in his executive meeting and says, okay, this is who we've talked to, all right? Most of the time, they're going to be giving them bad bread instead of good bread. Wally, we're going to come back. We'll have a commercial break, and then we'll be back in a moment. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville held a quiz. A Panzerotti is A, an expensive Italian sports car, B, a famous Italian opera singer, or C, a mouth-watering pizza, fresh made with your choice of toppings, folded and deep-fried or baked to a golden crust. Hint, if you're hungry, choose C. Call Pizzaville from your cell at pound 3636. Are you real ready? If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner? We'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home. Because selling property is all in the details. Real Tours Media. Creators of 3D virtual tours, walkthrough video, HDR photography, logos and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents. Realtoursmedia.ca With a little training, anyone can learn the security business while on duty at your home or company. It's unfortunate, but a lot of security companies are just not experienced enough to handle the complex dynamics of tactical security. And that little bit of training and experience can end up costing you a lot more than you bargained for. Peace of mind, trust, and honor is the foundation on which the Regal Security reputation is built. They're driven, they're respected, and they're unrivaled. They're everyday superheroes. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. 
To become a champion in business, it takes coaching, training, and bench strength. And every team needs a skilled player like KPMG Enterprise for private companies. KPMG Enterprise helps entrepreneurs and family businesses grow, strengthen, and transition by offering a full suite of services, including audit, accounting, tax, and advisory. Your business doesn't stand still. It evolves. Team up with a winner. Visit kpmg.ca slash enterprise. Let's do this. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we we're going to talk about the Leafs for the next five minutes or so. No problem. Wally. Let me, uh, I want to I pursue something uh, we were sort of talking about just the break, and I've got to take advantage of uh, your professional expertise, Butch. Uh, and you know, I, I'm not a big I, at this point in time in the season. I'm not a big fan of uh, even even discussing, uh, you know, firing Mike Babcock. I you know, I you know, I'd like let's reevaluate that later in the season. Uh, let's give him an opportunity to uh, turn this around. But I do want to address this from a very general level, and and these are these comments are not intended towards Mike Babcock specifically. But in a general coaching level, there's, there's, you know, professional sports is riddled with situations. And as you were talking about it, about the Tampa coach this week, you think yeah. John Cooper's? Um, he's being, in trouble. He's in trouble. He, you, 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 you've uh, hypothesized that you think he's in trouble. Butch, <laughs> um, general manager looks at a coach, and then I don't want to make this personal to Mike Babcock. I, I really don't. But in a general perspective. Um, when do you make a coaching move? At what point in the season? And what's the reason for it? What triggers it? What does a general manager see that pushes them to the point where he says, okay, enough's enough. I've got to change my coach. Well, the background around what general managers decide, a lot of them is based off what the general manager's contract is. You have to remember that general managers are under contract also. And so if you get, have a general manager that's on the back end of his deal and the team is losing, then, you know, we saw this with Brian Coangelo, right? He did the deal for Rudy Gay. You know, he was going to move the pieces around, but his death nail was Andre Bargnani was such a bad pick um, that there was nothing that could save him. The ownership did not want to get rid of him, but clearly he had failed in his job as general manager as, as far as uh, – 
assembling pieces, and he and he got rid of of uh, Coach Mitchell, right? So uh, it's the same landscape. The first thing question you have to ask is is the current GM on the back end of his deal. But it's funny you brought up John Cooper because in my mind what pops up is that John Cooper had the greatest team in hockey last year. Yeah, exactly. Right? And and they got smoked. And it all fell apart real quickly. And then probably it hasn't come back together in the summer. And whatever happened to them uh, in the playoffs last year, uh, that symptom has gone from a cold to the flu starting this year. And so – there may be a, a GM may feel that there's a difference in the atmosphere with the team and the team's commitment. But, uh, Cooper went through a devastating period with having clearly all year long, you know, one of the best two hockey teams in hockey and then not making it to the Stanley finals was, I think was, was devastating in the manner in which they, in the manner in which they lost. And so, um, if I'm going to be fair, I think at the end of the day, um, general managers they have a president, and it's it's that's a separate meeting from away from his coach. So if the president is giving him the opinion that you know I'm not liking what I'm seeing, then uh, it gets to be everything rolls downhill. So a lot of times, you know, it's guys think it's easier to to fix the one, you know, than the team. And that's, that's been true in all sports. That's, that's why you have to be so preemptive as a coach. You got to get ahead because the posse is always there. All right. They just might be sitting in the sheriff's office, but they're always there ready to ride and take you out. So I think, you know, you, you asked about that, but I think it's really, you know, the attitude starts with the president because the new, new professional sports, uh, structure is president, general manager. And at the end of the day right now, um, I think Cooper, you know, they thought, well, maybe it was just a cold and we'll come out next year. And But they were so far ahead of everyone last year. Um, they had great balance. Uh, they were just really good. And what we're seeing, I believe, in Tampa is what they were hoping was just a cold has turned into the flu. I, I agree. And I think Wally, it was set the franchise back five years if they got rid of Babcock. That's my feeling on it. He's, oh. he's organized this team very well, and then they're going to tear it apart. Well, my, my, my whole thought process is uh, coaches have to coach, regardless. The, the money is the money. Everybody, you know, this guy got this contract. The reality is that it's all got to come together. You know, you and I had a little conversation, Maz. People forget that teams fail. Because regardless of your talent level, regardless of your talent level, the guy who's head of the horse, the coach, has to organize it into a team. And that's the first thing that has to get done. If you don't organize it into a team, regardless how bad your talent is, all right, I believe that when I got hired from interim coach to coach, it was because we won games. They had never won an overtime game. All right, we won two overtime games. We went down and beat Chuck Daly's really good team in Orlando. But we won games, and the team was showing that we were being organized. And so the advancements that we made, and remember, we made such an advancement that we set an NBA record. It had never been done. In 18 months, we went from less than 20 wins to the playoffs. And 
Coaching is taking what you're giving, no matter how good or bad, and making a progression. The the issue for all coaches, all right, regardless of markets, is that if your GM and president are on a short-term deal, all right, they're more than likely to shoot you early to save themselves, regardless if you're doing a good or bad job, all right? And we've seen coaches who worked here, got shot, and have gone somewhere else and done a good job. But the, rea- the reality is that coaching is molding. And when you see a bad team, all right, there are, there are two teams at the top of the list that aren't very good right now in the NBA, the Knicks and the Bulls. They are not very good because from a coaching standpoint, I don't believe they're being molded into a unit. Um, and as you know, we've had, we've had discussions about Mike Babcock on the show numerous amount of times. Um, you know, we, we were at uh, head of the curve advocating, you know, bringing him in. We, we, you know, we, uh, when he was still with Detroit, we, we, we thought it would be a great move for Toronto. We thought he'd be interested in coming to Toronto. Um, I don't see any scenario whatsoever that he doesn't finish the season here. Uh, and depending on what the Leafs do, they don't make the playoffs, then there's a serious decision to make. Or if they don't advance past the first round, then there's going to be a, a serious evaluation. And that's fair. I think he understands that, too. I think the whole concept of 15 games into the season, uh, because quite frankly, from what I saw last night, I didn't see Mike Babcock was the problem last night, um, nor has he been the problem in, in most of the other games where the Leafs' uh, performance has been questionable. And I think Brian Burke made the point and Don Cherry made the point. Mike Babcock's not the problem. It's the players aren't performing. And, you know, I don't, I don't know how you hang on Mike Babcock that they gave up, gave up three breakaway goals last night. How do you blame the coach for that? That's just player breakdown. Uh, you know, players making wrong decisions, not performing. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how. I, I, I'm not seeing this yet as a Mike Babcock problem. Of course, the other part of that argument, Butch, you might want to chime in, is there's always this quotation marks uh, cliche, you know, the coach has lost the room. Therefore, you need to change the coach because he's lost the room. Uh, I, I don't see that. I don't see that happen here. I still think the players have a, have a significant respect for Mike Babcock. Um, as you say, there's, there's been some changes. You got to give some time to, I guess, work it out. Unfortunately, unfortunately in today's NHL, uh, you know how difficult it is to make the playoffs and you have a slump of 10, 15, 20 games. Those are very difficult to recover from. Um, Butch, when they say a coach has lost the room, what does that even mean? Well, um, it, it happens now because historically your president and GM did not touch the team very much. And now uh, they run exit interviews, so they're collecting all this data that they could use against you at any time. And uh, in my opinion, uh, in a lot of cases, it's interference for the coach. The reality is that – and I and – I say this with all respect to all leagues. This is one thing I got across to most young players. It is a grown man's league. And people sitting upstairs who've never gone to war in one of those games. My deep appreciation for hockey comes from when I first got here. 
the schedule was, you know, we play on Friday and Sunday afternoon. So when I'm watching film on Saturday, I'd always go out and watch the second or third period at ice level. And I did not understand how exhausting hockey was and the demand anatomically it has on you. And when you take a human being that guys are playing hockey who are grown men that know if they weren't playing hockey, they couldn't earn $100,000 doing anything. It becomes very brutal. Uh, it is a grown man's league. You see a lot of hockey players play a lot longer than basketball players. I don't know how they do it skating 25 minutes because uh, it is extremely exhausting. And But today's, the way the front office is set up, they call it collaboration. But when you're collaborating, collecting information that you're going to use against a coach later, and you've never been a coach or had any experience as a coach, in a business where half the games are lost, right, it becomes really dangerous. And it becomes dangerous when that information then is allowed to sabotage a coach's career. Does a player sense that uh, the coach is gone? Some some players will. You got to remember Yogi Berra. You know, it, maybe it was Leo DeRocher. You know, like you got to keep some of the millionaires away from the other. <laughs> I mean, you just do because you know. I, I, people say, well, "What's it like coaching?" You know, you're coaching millionaires. They're multi-millionaires, and so if two or three of them become disgruntled, because that's why I've always felt it was so important to get a message across in the summer. You know, how are we going to play? What are we going to do substitution-wise? And, you know, I, I, I've been working on the last month on what I call a substitution, synergy substitution. And it's the same thing. It's, it's a camaraderie that you build into the fabric of the team. But sometimes the players won't let you build it. And, you know, the way that hockey is set up, you're right. If you have 10 or 15 bad games where you're not locked in and focused in the largest market in hockey in the world, then it can really be tough, and it, and, it, and it may not have anything to do with do you have the right coach. The reality is is that the players outnumber the coach 20 to 1. They always win. Right? They're always going to win, right? So it takes a little luck. Speaking of winning, let's talk about the Raptors a bit in the start of the season, Butch. Okay. Well, Your thoughts? I, I just hate watching the first 20 games. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mentioned that. Because you got bad teams that, you know, for half they'll play well. Um, the the Raptors need to stay healthy and not overplay their guys. So I, I see that you know uh, the Raptors on, in the East have been very good at scoring runs, successful scoring runs. Um, Chicago was playing well; they thought they were playing well, and then the Raptors introduced them to the third quarter last night and uh, and really put it on them. But the Raps are struggling with uh, their seventh and eighth man, and they're trying to figure out that rotation. So there's a lack of depth there. There's a lack lack of depth that's a two-way player. They got this guy, and he's a really good shooter. They got Stanley Jackson. Stanley Jackson looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. (laughs) (laughs) He's a a first-round pick that he's number one on social media for getting my work in and all that, and it it doesn't transfer. So, um, But, you know, they've got time to work it out. They just need to stay healthy. I, I... I'm more worried about Gasol right now. Uh, he looks slow out there. He looks slow. He's, he's got great mental quickness, but the issue at the end of the day is they have no rim protection with him, and it's a long season. Um, but, you know, good. they know what to do. And uh, But when you're playing Pascal all these minutes, um, 
I don't see how you can play him 75 games a minute. How much do they miss Danny Green? They miss Danny Green from just having a veteran player, right? And and Danny probably won. Let's say Danny won eight, nine games for him last year just on making shots. And Serge Ibaka won. Serge Ibaka won the West for him. He and Kyle Lowry were so good in the West against the Western team. So um, they just got to find that rhythm. And uh, I think it's really important to get Serge back involved. Uh, He gives them some rim protection. Um, But Serge is like – He's like the Pacific Ocean, you know. As a surfer, you're going. Some days you're going to get a good wave, and some ways you're not. So, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm not in practice. I don't have access to what's going on there. But at the end of the day, uh, they need Serge Ibaka to be effective. That elbow pick and roll, and he's making that jump shot. And then it seems like when he's making shots, he's really turned on defensively. Um, but they got lots of time to work it out. They're just going to have to play some bad teams and beat them until they get to where they figure it out. Well, your, your thoughts. Yeah, Butch, the early returns on uh, Siakam, uh, I want your thoughts. He's, he's now really the go-to guy uh, offensively. Uh, he's, the, he's the player the Raptors have that other coaches will uh, try and defend against or create defenses to stop him. Uh, your, early, uh, your early assessment of how uh, other coaches are defend, trying to defend him, I mean, I know the, the sample size is really small, but perhaps the Boston game might be uh, might be an indicator. Your uh, your assessment of the uh, Siakam, how they're trying to defend him, and how he's responding to being the uh, being the number one guy. The issue is not him being the number one guy offensively. The issue is him being the number one guy defensively. You cannot put him on the opposing team's best player every night. See, everybody forgets that Michael Jordan didn't win Jack until Scottie Pippen showed up, and then with Scottie Pippen, they put Pippen on the best player. And if the best player was getting the best of Scottie Pippen in the fourth quarter, Michael Jordan would guard him. Both of those guys were first team all defense. So my concern is when you're open a night with against New Orleans and you got him playing guarding their best player and then he's producing at the level he was producing. In fact, he was so caught up in the game he lost track of his foul situation. Foul note, yeah. Right? Which is a learning lesson, you know, lesson learned to him. He'll 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 get better at that, and they'll get better of getting him out of the game. But activity wise, uh, he has shown that anatomically he is superior. He he uh, he can run longer than anyone. He's extremely effective. But my concern is uh, how do you balance out uh, his minutes where he's not guarding the other team's best offensive player, which could get really tough uh, on the West Coast trips or, again, uh, against some of the Eastern teams on back-to-backs. But offensively, he's shown he can make the three-point shot uh, at a very high level. Um, they have a synergy. Again, with, he and Fred have played, Fran Fleet have played well together since they won the G League championship. It's actually carried over, I mean, outstanding. Um Lowry has started the season in a nasty mood. Uh, we don't have to wait till you know thirty games in. He started out, uh, but I think right now they're really they're really trying to figure out what to do with seven and eight uh, for consistency, and then trying to get those two two older bigs playing well. Why is uh, load management coming into effect? Not coming into effect with the Clippers and Kawhi. Kawhi seems to have played all the games. Well, from from what what my brother told me is that Kawhi's in the best shape that they've seen him in the la- in the last three years. That's what he feels, and 
Um, the other part of it is, is that, you know, the foundation for him to physically be better was set here in Toronto, mm-hmm. that they didn't overplay him. Um, they had the ability to measure where he was at from an exhaustion standpoint. And uh, the parties worked together to get it, get it figured out. Uh, it ended up being a championship. He he played all the minutes we needed him to play yeah, in did. the playoffs. Did, yep. Great. So I, I just think it was, uh, <clears throat> as far as a professional organization, showing what you could do with a player that, that's injured, being able to recognize what his injury is, not disclosing it. You know, it was all like upper body, lower body. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, so, um, but he is, uh, he's special. He is special player. Um, not because of his physical talents, but because of his mentality. He does not need the fluff of the NBA. He actually is a warrior that, again, you put him in Bell Center, he's going to be professional and show them that, you know, it's all about the game and not about the history. And he went to an organization that has a synergy already with uh, the second team and what we call, you know, what I call substitution synergy. And, they're going to be in the tough Western Conference uh, as long as they stay healthy. And I'm not worried about when Paul George comes back. But um, Kawhi's basis or foundation for his health this year was was formulated in what was decisions that were made here last year. Coach, i got to ask you, uh, you know, the, the, the Golden State glory days uh, uh, are apparently over with, for obvious reasons. Durant's gone and uh, Clay Thompson's out for the year. So we're looking for a new power in the NBA. Um, who's who's going to take over that mantle? Who are, is there a team that you see is going to separate themselves from the rest of the pack? And if not, uh, who are going to be the best teams in the NBA this year? Well, the Clippers will be one of the best teams in the NBA. I also I also think Dallas is formidable. Uh, they'll be a lot better. Uh, Przingis was always a really good player, and you you, you match him with Doncic. Um, They'll have a issue they've got to manage with uh, Hardaway taking shots that he shouldn't take. But if they reduce that, I think Dallas has to be dealt with. They'll be very eff- effective at home. And because two of the players are European, the road games being away won't make a difference to them. So the surprise for me is Dallas. Uh, Denver uh, has to stay healthy. Um, I also think Denver... You know, should make a trade, look to make a trade to add something to what they have. Um, in that trade, I would look at Detroit uh, to get one of their pieces uh, from them. Detroit will not be very good. Uh, Charlotte will not be very good. The Knicks will not be very good. Chicago will not be very good in the East. Um, the West, New Orleans, uh, will be very good because Drew Holiday's an outstanding player. But there, when Zion comes back, whenever he comes back, uh, they'll play. I think they'll play five hundred. Hold Zion. We'll be back after a commercial break. We need to talk about Zion. <laughs> okay. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville declared, "We'll never be the fastest. We'll never be the cheapest. We'll never be the snazziest dressed." What? Yeah, my point is. We want to be the best! At Pizzaville, we want to make the best pizza. Stone-baked, the traditional Italian way. Pizzaville stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. 
This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Bond. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. To become a champion in business, it takes coaching, training, and bench strength. And every team needs a skilled player like KPMG Enterprise for private companies. KPMG Enterprise helps entrepreneurs and family businesses grow, strengthen, and transition by offering a full suite of services, including audit, accounting, tax, and advisory. Your business doesn't stand still. It evolves. Team up with a winner. Visit kpmg.ca slash enterprise. Let's do this. The security business is easy, right? Anyone can learn it. Perhaps they can learn it on duty with your valuables at stake. Perhaps they can learn it in a crisis situation that requires an immediate intelligent response when lives are at risk. After all, what harm can a few mistakes make? Plenty. When it comes to security for your business or office, an experienced partner like Regal Security makes sense. Security is what they do. Peace of mind is what they provide. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. Are you real ready? If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner? We'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home. Because selling property is all in the details. Real Tours Media. Creators of 3D virtual tours, walkthrough video, HDR photography, logos and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents. Realtoursmedia.ca There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Opinions expressed on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Uh, we were talking about Zion. And uh, I'm thinking he may be injury prone. Collins, he got hurt last year and he got hurt at the beginning of this year. And his body type to me doesn't seem like he's uh, long for it. What do you think? I think that when you, uh, if you go back and Google uh, the, any, the Superman series when he was a young kid and you're trying to figure out what his powers were, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what, that's what we're seeing. Such uh, an exciting player to come into the NBA, right? And there were people waiting for him and now he doesn't play. Well, I think it's in his best interest not to play. You know, I, I said this last week. You know, Vince only played 50 games the first year, and that that was a really help because you don't deal with the exhaustion on that young body. Um, but I think he's like young Superman, and you know, he's throwing stuff around and picking up tractors <laughs> and like, oh, I think things have to change. Uh, 
they've made a mistake with him. His conditioning has not been set to change his body. And not only change his body, they allow him to continue to be a two-foot jumper. Um, last night in watching the Raptor game, I was very happy to see OG make a couple of plays where he went off one foot. Uh, we all know he's an athlete, but going off one foot takes a lot of stress off. I say that that was the downfall of Derrick Rose and his knee injuries. Um, you put so much stress on your body by being a two-foot jumper in, in 75 or 80 games, anatomically it's not going to hold up. Uh, that young player, I'm so happy he's in the league because I think he is the ultimate team player. Regardless of what he does in the game physically, uh, he was clearly the number one player in the country at Duke last year. Not one item ever came out where he did anything or said anything to upset R.J. Barrett, who perceived himself to be the number one player. Uh, it wasn't even close who was the better player, um, especially when we ran all the stats against R.J. versus winning teams and the ACC versus losing teams. But the kind of personality that he brings, it's, I, I believe it's, it's contagious. I believe he will elevate that team not only through his actions, but he is just the best kind of leader that you can have. Um, outside of having someone, uh, like Kawhi, Kawhi is, Kawhi has mastered the X's and O's with his mental approach. Um, someone will have to teach Zion you know, how to be strategic every night. Right now, he's just playing off energy. And it's it's one of those things that has, we've seen destroy a lot of young players in the NBA, that they continuously play off energy and, and instead of becoming a game manager. The best game manager is Jokic in Denver. You know, the big European goes to the free throw line extended and he manages the whole game from there. Um, you know, he, he may have three dunks, you know, for a whole season. He's just a very good the game manager. So those are all teaching tools that a good staff or a good organization will, will put in place for him. And if they don't put those things in place and teach him how to manage his way through the game, uh, go into the basket, get in, get out. All right. There's no extra points for some fabulous dunk. You know, you're not playing at the local playground and, and to, to soothe your ego. So he is a special talent that right now, um, I don't like that he looks like the Blue Jays' third baseman. Yeah, that's a fair comparison. <laughs> right, it is. And But again, they, they're in charge of their own destiny. And if the right people get around him uh, and get him to like Southern food instead of love Southern <laughs> food, <laughs> then, then, it, then it'll, work, it'll work out. It'll be a lot better situation. I think it's a great get for New Orleans. I think moving Davis, getting the pieces – I think it's a great get for him. It's just tough in the West. They're going to take their knocks. The tougher piece for New Orleans is if they have to move Drew Holiday. And he hasn't asked to go anywhere. But you want that ultimate professional. He's very good, can shoot the basketball. They'll be a lot better with Zion because I don't know who's going to find someone to guard him. 40 seconds left, Wally. Anything else on your mind? Buffalo Bills, Naz, a big game this afternoon. Philadelphia. Down in western New York where uh, they got the Eagles in this afternoon, I believe. It's supposed to be rainy and windy, very windy, so it might be a low-scoring game today. Well, uh, you know, the Bills have an opportunity to go to 6-1. Uh, and one. They look like they're uh, they're headed towards the playoffs. Uh, don't, want, don't want to jinx them, but we're all us Buffalo Bills fans, and uh, 
Southern Ontario and Western New York, we're starting to get excited. There, are you still uh, you still seeing the big progression in the young quarterback there, Ness? He's kind of stalled a bit, but we can't. We run out of time. Well, you're back next week, so we'll see you next week. Well, we'll get into it. Butch, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Butch. Yep. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.